0: Good day and welcome to Partake. Today I want to talk about Jesus' last prayer as recorded in John seventeen. John chapter seventeen, verse one to five. Jesus said these things, then raising his eyes in prayer, he said, Father, it's time. Display the bright splendour of your Son, so the Son in turn may show your bright splendor. You put him in charge of everything human so he might give real and eternal life to all in his charge and this is the real and eternal life that they know you the one and only true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent I glorified you on earth by completing down to the last detail what you assigned me to do and now Father glorify me with your very own splendor the very splendor I had in your presence before there was a world. After his last teaching on his last night, Jesus now turns to prayer. And this shows the inextricable link between teaching and prayer. Firstly, by praying for himself, then for his 12 disciples, and then finally for all disciples that would follow the church. This prayer is probably the pinnacle of revelation in John's gospel. Here we see Jesus' very words revealing an unparalleled intimacy with his Father. Central to this part of his prayer is glorification where Jesus prays for himself. That is the glorification of himself in order that God the Father who sent him will be glorified. Glorify is rarely used outside of church circles today. If ever it is, it is usually in the context of somebody pretending to be, to be better than they really are. Glorify means, in a biblical context, to have the person's true nature disclosed. So in effect Jesus is saying in John 17 verse 1, May people see me for who I truly am, your Son, and may they also through me see your true nature, Father. Praying as he does just before he knowingly goes to his death on the cross shows the importance of the cross for it is through the cross that God the Father and Jesus will be glorified. Jesus' death on the cross reveals a God of justice, love, faithfulness and forgiveness. John 17 verse 4 reveals that it was this purpose that he came in order to complete the work given. Jesus' entire earthly life has been one to show divine love. All his works and words were completed without even a hint of hypocrisy. His entire life was driven by the desire to see sinful people turned back to God for reconciliation and forgiveness. At the cross and through the cross this is achieved. Jesus confidently prays that having laid aside his glory by taking on human form, he will return to God's right hand, having achieved the work of redemption. And the theme of eternal life runs throughout John's Gospel. John 3:15 and 16, John 10, verse 28, just a couple of examples. And eternal life is knowing God personally and intimately in a relationship and that is only achieved by faith through Jesus' death on the cross. It is a free offer and open to all. It is the responsibility of all people to take up the offer. Once the offer is taken up, the responsibility is then to tell other people of this offer. And then Jesus prays for his disciples. John 14, verse 6 to 8, I spelled out your character in detail to the men and women you gave me. They were yours in the first place. Then you gave them to me, They have now done what you said. They know now beyond the shadow of a doubt that everything you gave me is first hand from you for the message you gave me, I gave them and they took it and were convinced that I came from you. They believed that you sent me. In this part of the prayer, Jesus prays for his disciples. Note how he describes them. They were chosen by God himself, seen God in Jesus, and have therefore received God's words and obeyed them, John 17, verse 6. And John 17, verse 6, 9 and 10 tell us that the disciples were in the safe position of both the Father and the Son. John 17, verse 7 to 8 shows what the disciples know. Despite misunderstanding frequently what Jesus was talking about, And for all their failures, the disciples still grasped that Jesus had come from God. Having taught that they will endure persecution and suffering because they are his followers, Jesus prays for their safety. They will be safe, not because of their own cunning or their own plans, their character or conduct. They will be safe because of God's care and protection. John 17 verse 11 to 12. As they are God's possession, he will ensure that they are watched over and protected. This security is also born from glorifying God and being witnesses for him, John 17, verse 10. God is glorified whenever his salvation plan is explained and told. Who are the disciples' enemies and why do they need protecting? John 17, verse 11 to 12 and 15. The first enemy is the world who does not know God and is therefore in rebellion against God. The disciples were told of this prior to this prayer. Satan is also an enemy of the disciple and would do all he can to stop God being glorified in the life of the disciple. How will God keep them safe? Through his mighty name and nature. By remaining loyal to Jesus, obedient to his teachings, and by telling others about him, God's name and nature will therefore protect them. And Jesus also prays that they may be filled with joy. John 17, verse 13, and be dedicated wholly and solely to Him. The disciples now have a mission and purpose to fulfill, to tell others of this Jesus. This mission, though, whilst their responsibility is not theirs alone, but is the continuation of Jesus' mission to bring people to reconciliation with God. Part of that mission is to live a holy life in the power of the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit is the real and true pioneer evangelist. Living a holy life means living a life not entire for themselves, but entirely for the glory and obedience of Jesus Christ. And then finally Jesus prays for all Christian disciples. Father, I want those you gave me to be with me right where I am, so they can see my glory, the splendor you gave me, having loved me long before there ever was a world. Righteous Father, the world has never known you, but I have known you, and these disciples know that you sent me on this mission. I have made your very being known to them, who you are and what you do, and continue to make it known so that your love for me might be in them exactly as I am in them. Now Jesus prays, for all those who through the work of the disciples will become his followers, that is the church. As such it brings all Christian disciples into intimacy with him and a part of a dynamic relationship with him. For both prayer and evangelism are action words and they're dynamic. And what does Jesus pray for his church of followers? Jesus prays for unity, that is unity which which is on various levels. Firstly, it is unity on the invisible supernatural level. John 17, verse 21 to 22. The life of all Christian disciples are inextricably linked to each other through the love and obedience of God the Son and God the Father. Christian disciples are united because Jesus imparts upon them the glory given to him by God the Father. John 17, verse 22. And this unity is also physical In so much as that, through a visible unity, people will come to know Jesus personally and take up the offer of reconciliation with God, John 17, verse 21 to 23. And this unity is also physically seen through the telling of the message of reconciliation, John 17, verse 20. Remember Jesus' words earlier in John's Gospel, John 15, verse 12 to 14. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. If the world sees Christian disciples loving each other sacrificially and loving others sacrificially, then unity is seen and it is an effective witness to the reality of reconciliation with God. So all Christian disciples are to pray, all Christian disciples are to evangelize and tell the message, this good news of reconciliation with God. For more to think about, please do read John 17. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend, so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1 How am I as a Christian disciple glorifying God and being His representative? Question 2 What are the hindrances that I face regarding evangelism and telling other people about Jesus? Question 3 What can I as a Christian disciple do to maintain a witness of unity with other Christian disciples? As ever, if you have any comments to make on this Please do contact me at partakes at googlemail.com. Thank you.